This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Last week's show, Sam, myself, and the machine that goes bing had a go at trying to wrangle the essence of what it meant to be alternative in the 20th century. I'm not sure if we got to the bottom of the issue definitively, but make sure you check that episode out on Spotify, you know, to make your own mind up on the matter. But obviously, the story of alternative music didn't end on December 31st, 1999. Rather, it blundered into this new millennium to face a raft of new challenges and challengers for its throne. So in this episode, the three of us will examine the fractious state of alternative as it entered this current century. Alongside grunge in the 90s, another emerging scene that was over as soon as it started was Britpop. Bands like Blur, Suede, Pulp and Oasis became the four pillars of the scene set almost as direct opposition to grunge. They all clearly took a huge helping of inspiration from the Beatles, which yeah, cool, more of that please, and they burned out almost as fast. Oasis and Blur in particular have had a pretty long-lasting legacy, with Oasis continuing on for quite a while after their heyday, and this is largely due to the popularity of their songs Wonderwall and Song 2 that they had the legacy. Now, Britpop is often looked at as one of the big alternative scenes, but at the time it was anything but, because Oasis especially was one of the biggest bands on the planet. It's got to be pretty absurd to call them an alternative, right? It's almost like calling the Beatles alternative. It's just not true. However, it's not up to me, it's up to the machine. Two out of five, because quite honestly, Britpop started mainstream and only gained a little bit of its so-called alt since the scene essentially died. Hey, it's not my opinion, okay? It's the machine. Oh, 
many consider Radiohead's radical shift in tone after 1997 to be one of the greatest about-face moves in the history of music, and for good reason. But I feel as though its influence on the wider concept of what it meant to be alternative has, if anything, been downplayed. Until the doubleheader of Kid A and Amnesiac in the very early 2000s, the idea of an internationally famous rock band of any stripe abandoning their beloved instruments and conventional wisdoms for computers and synthesizers and experimental jazz, well, it seemed absurd. But now it's practically the norm, as thousands of young bands calmly wander through the doorway that Radiohead forcibly smashed open 20 years ago. And all because they refuse to make anything at all like OK Computer. And isn't that the true spirit of Alternative? Try anything and damn the consequences. That might explain why the machine has rated this particularly disruptive era of Radiohead... 5 Radical Post-Millennial Reinventions Out of 5 And from Amnesiac, this is Like Spinning Plates. Thank you. 
Hey, we haven't really spoken about alt-hip-hop a whole lot here, huh? Granted, I was going to give it a miss, because generally not a fan, but then I remembered Childish Gambino, who I do quite enjoy. But then I remembered that it's almost too obvious a choice, and I've probably resorted to him a bit too often whenever I personally bring up any kind of hip-hop. So instead, we're going with a group that has been confusing genre labels since 1993, Fun and Criminals. These guys have mixed it up with alt-rock, alt-hip-hop, jazz, funk, punk, blues, ska, and even mafioso rap, which is just gangster rap with a touch more Italy. Scooby Snacks is definitely the first song that comes to mind whenever I think of this band, but, well, it was a last century thing, so instead let's go with Loco. From the album, Loco. Four minutes ago, I realized that the Scooby Gang may have been feeding a dog Valium since 1969.
to me, there are certain bands that represent the big day out era of alternative music. A throwback to a time when being alternative was a lucrative gig that required you to participate in festivals around the world. And right at the top of that list sits the Dandy Warhols, a group whose contributions to the ongoing conversation about what alternative means should probably be more highly valued than it often is. They made excellent pop music for people indifferent to pop music, and alternative pop, if you will. Courtney Taylor Taylor and his dandies have actually been getting progressively stranger since their brief brush with fame circa 2000. How many other bands could possibly be responsible for such a catchy hit like Bohemian Like You, and also the blatant middle finger to their record label that was Auditorium? But tonight's selection comes from possibly their best album, 2003's Welcome to the Monkey House. That song is called Plan A, but first... The machine has rated this two more decades of being pegged as one-hit wonders, unfortunately. Out of five.
I know we're focusing on this century here, but Garage Rocker's Jack Off Jill came pretty close to that with their second album, so we're just going to let this slide. Starting off their career as the opening act for a goth guy named Brian, they were pretty much labelled as alternative right from the start. They were also a solid part of the Riot Girl scene for a while, and while they didn't last long as a band splitting in 2000, only reuniting briefly in 2015, the members of the band pretty much all went on to continue their alt ways. Also, Fear of Dying is just an awesome song. Some shame. Four of the five loudest tragedies ever heard. there was an explosion of bands trying to revive the good old days of 80s post-punk and repackage it for a new audience high on the new era of indie rock. This was an era in which Franz Ferdinand, Interpol and Block Party became major players in the world of alternative rock. But my favourite of this crop was perhaps one of the more left field, going by the strange moniker of TV on the radio. The Brooklyn Quartet stood out with a significantly more eclectic set of influences behind their sound, preferring the works of Peter Gabriel or Brian Eno over more common indie-rific touchstones. 
they were also noticeable as one of the only primarily African-American bands in what was a fairly monochromatic New York indie rock scene at the time. Their 2008 album Dear Science earned them an immense amount of praise and emboldened them to carry on carving out their own spot in the pantheon of all that is alternative. And TV on the radio have been rated four obsolete media apparatus out of five. From their 2011 album Nine Types of Light, this is Repetition.
Originally, I was set to include Placebo in last week's episode. However, despite sounding incredibly 90s, the majority of their work has been on the other side of the century line. Two of their best and most ulti albums, Sleeping With Ghosts and Meds, came in 2003 and 2006. And while they haven't really slowed down too much since releasing two more albums after that with another on its way hopefully this year, the closest the band ever came to mainstream success was when their song Every You Every Me featured in the film Cruel Intentions, but that's pretty much been it. As far as I'm concerned, they are the perfect example of alt-rock in the modern day. So, Machine, five pristine bruises out of five. This is Song to Say Goodbye. tragic waste of skin I'm well aware of how it aches and you still won't let me in now I'm breaking down your door to try and save your swollen Just your songs to say goodbye 
around the late 2000s, we experienced what might well have been alternative rock's last great hurrah. In 2008 and 2009, the charts were dominated by the likes of Kings of Leon, My Chemical Romance, Muse, yeah, all the usual suspects. But this final gasp also helped to drag some lesser-known acts into temporary prominence. Gossip's Music for Men album was one of the most highly regarded of 2009, due to an increased focus on sharp, angular guitar lines and shiny pop hooks. But considering the punkier edge of their early albums, this left the band trapped in this ill-defined void between punk, alternative and pop. The reason I've chosen Gossip specifically for the spot on the show is that they were also a very good representation of both women and queerness in music that had been encouraged by the rampant alternativeness of the day and is continuing to this day and all power to them. The Machine has given Gossip 2.5 heavy crosses out of 5. This is Vertical Rhythm.
Up until a few years ago, I was a pretty big fan of In This Moment, the metalcore group very clearly led by Maria Brink, who I could probably speak about in a positive manner for quite some time. But it was kind of because of her that I stopped loving them like I did. I'm not saying it was her fault, but ever since their 2014 album Black Widow, the focus of everything involving the band has been all about Maria Brink, largely, unfortunately, due to her looks. The rest of the band barely features in their music videos, they're very much in the background of their live shows, and it's gotten to the point that I feel like anyone getting into them more recently wouldn't have a clue who Chris Howarth is, despite him being with the band since day one. I still love their music, it's just disappointing that either the media or the label has decided that it's more the Maria Brink show rather than in this moment. So before we get to the promise... Three black weddings on the brink of becoming blood rituals.
Much like Perry Farrell in the 90s, in the 2010s, Jack White stepped into the role of unofficial saviour of alternative music. White was practically a household name by the mid-2000s with his namesake group and the massive success of their Elephant record, and his takeover of the alternative music industry was exacerbated by a string of releases from his two other bands, being The Rack on Tours and Dead Weather, as well as three solo albums under his own name. On top of all of that, White's Third Man Records has become a serious player in its own right, having released albums from everybody from Wanda Jackson to Beck to astronomer Carl Sagan. There are very few record labels that can boast that level of diversity in such a small span of time, especially one that serves the alternative world so thoroughly. Regardless of how you feel about Jack or his white stripes, you simply cannot discount his importance to this conversation. And the machine has given Jack White three third men out of five. So that's that nine men? Listen to the song while I do the maths. This is Mile Markers from Jack White's Dead Weather.
So where does that leave alternative music in this day and age? The answer is pretty much in disarray. Many have abandoned the label as it no longer seems to suit their needs and no longer carries the cultural value that it once did. One of the very few groups who have tried to keep the alternative genre afloat are England's Alt-J. They have achieved this by seemingly going far out of their way to be unclassifiable. Alternative's true final frontier. By switching between rock, pop, electronic, punk, soundscapes, no wave, and pretty much anything else they can get their hands on, Alt-J are determined to carve their own path forward, much in the same vein as their alternative predecessors all those decades ago. And the machine has rated this 3.5 keyboard shortcuts out of 5. You either get it, or you don't get the joke. From their 2017 album Relaxer, this is In Cold Blood. Zero.
So I know Ricardo just said that alters Zolba dead, but I would like to kind of argue that a little bit, because I believe there is a little bit of hope. And I am a rather recent convert to the sound of churches. That's churches with a V in place of the U, because, yeah... They are most definitely not my usual thing, but since their performance of Death Stranding at the 2019 Game Awards, I've been increasingly won over. Their particular brand of indie tronica is about as alternative as non-rock gets, and they stand among Grimes, Poppy, and DeAntwood as your new class of off-mainstream weirdos, or alternative. This next song, How Not to Drown, also features an old-school weirdo in Mr. Robert Smith. It's a nice blend of old alt with new alt, and kind of shows that no matter how much things change, there is always this undying element that will stay the same. And still sounds pretty damn good to this day. So, Machine? Five times out of five, when you replace a U with a V, you instantly shoot to the top of the alt pile.
Thank you once again for tuning into the Ad Limit Frequency. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we have dozens upon dozens of episodes available to listen to on Spotify, and we'd really appreciate it. And since you're coming back next week, uh, join us when we take a look at some of the urban legends in modern music. And not modern music. It's probably all going to be modern music. We'll see you then. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.